Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Coyotes are everywhere these days. In parks, subdivisions, and even major cities like Detroit. But should Metro Detroit residents fear these four-legged neighbors? And should we be trying to evict them from our neighborhoods? Getting rid of coyotes has never worked. In fact, we've tried to get rid of coyotes out west for almost 200 years. And all they did was increase their numbers and basically take over the continent. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. In late March, the Detroit Animal Welfare Group, or DOG for short, made a post thanking a Chesterfield family for allowing a coyote and her pups to remain denned in their backyard. For an animal seemingly always treated as an invasive species, it made me wonder, why allow them to stay? For answers, I spoke with DOG's director, Dr. Kelly Labonte. As we overpopulate or populate urban areas and we take away the habitat of coyotes that would normally be uh, not in urban areas and not in the city, it becomes more crucial for us to be able to live with wildlife. And so in this particular situation, this was a family who had a coyote mom and pup who made their den under their trailer in their backyard. So in this instance, this was a family that had two dogs, and they were large dogs, over 100 pounds, and they were willing to put up a fence in between where the coyote pups were and where their dogs were. So, number one, they can keep their dogs safe. But every time this coyote has run, whenever they've come out of the house or come out with their dogs. While this family's decision was unique, seeing coyotes has become a much more common occurrence in urban and suburban areas. Why is that? Well, part of it is there was a decrease in hunting and trapping pressure in the early 1990s due to a crash in pelt prices. And so, the, the rural population of coyotes kind of increased. But because they're a very territorial species, the young animals that typically leave their family groups that would find a vacant territory, if you if you did have hunting and trapping taking place, when you aren't removing coyotes, those territories remain occupied. Therefore, these extra animals get pushed into strange habitats that no, they would normally avoid. And so we think that's probably what happened across most of the cities in the Midwest and Eastern U.S. because it, it happened all kind of within a 20-year period. And then once they got established in an urban area, then they became very successful quickly. That was Dr. Stanley Garrett, an Ohio State wildlife professor, as well as a principal investigator for the Urban Coyote Research Project which tracks and studies the impact of coyotes in populous areas. And he explains that not only are coyotes surviving in cities like Detroit, they're actually thriving. 
as it turns out, the urban environment is actually uh, very favorable to coyotes. We would normally assume it wouldn't be, but they take advantage of a lot of different foods that are available. So food is not limited in cities. You don't have hunting and trapping, which is the primary cause of death for, for coyotes in a country setting. So their survival rates are higher. Their reproductive rates are higher. And so the population within cities actually booms because of that. Detroit now is a little bit of a special case because in the case of Detroit, as well as to lesser extent some other cities like Cleveland, for example, you've had a depopulation of humans in areas and that provides more open space for coyotes to get a foothold. And so it's even easier for, for cities that's had some depopulation or a decrease in the human population to, uh, to become established and thrive. While the Chesterfield family made a kind decision, many people fear coyotes. Since they're predators, there is an anxiety that they will become aggressive and attack. But Dr. Labonte pushed back on that narrative. Coyotes attacking humans is, is not a very common thing. There's only been two deaths by coyotes since 1980. There has been, according to the Urban Coyote Research Project, 142 injuries or incidents where coyotes so-called attacked or came up to humans, kind of a predatory or investigative. And so, and that's in the U.S. and Canada over a 20-year span. Coyotes are mostly fearful of people. They do not want anything to do with people. We have become, they become more habituated over time because they live in and around people in urban environments. However, they are still very fearful and their instinct is generally to run. Coyotes aren't very large in all reality, around two feet tall and typically weighing into the 40 pound range. They're not much of a threat to a fully grown human or even large dogs, but there are plenty of small dogs and cats. What about them? Again, Dr. Labonte says not to be too worried, but take precautions. Well, it's always a concern. If you have a hungry animal that it is looking for prey to eat, would it be on its list of number one things to eat? Absolutely not. Rats, uh, rodents, number one, mice, small birds are the common food for the coyote. But if there is a small dog out and the coyote's hungry, it is a possibility. And so that's why we try to educate all owners that, number one, do not put food out. So you're, draw you're attracting coyotes to your yard. Number two, do not leave small children and small pets unattended or put a fence up. Motion sensor lights are also very helpful to keep coyotes out. They don't like loud noise and they do not like light. So if you have motion sensor lights on your house, that's a deterrent to the coyote coming up. And just know that they're going to be much more active in spring when they're out trying to uh, catch prey to feed their babies. So if this canid doesn't pose much of a threat in urban or suburban environments, why all the bad publicity? Why do people dislike them so much? Well, as the saying goes, a few bad apples spoil the bunch. Back to Dr. Garrett. It's not the public's fault that they have this, this perception and that many people, their only exposure to the, the local coyote population there is when there's a coyote that's acting bold or aggressive. So the minority, the, the small percentage that I mentioned earlier, that's often the only percentage that people actually see because the majority of them, people never see them and they don't know them. Until so we could actually put radio collars on coyotes in Chicago and be able to basically follow them using technology, we had no idea how many there were. We had no idea there were so many animals 
living close to people. In fact, people walking their dogs past coyotes at night without ever realizing it. The people don't see them doing that day in and day out. It's only when there's a bad animal. And so that's why they kind of get that perception. Regardless of the perception, many will wonder what can be done to remove coyotes from cities and eliminate the worry altogether. But Dr. Garrett thinks they're probably just permanent residents now. They're definitely a part of the urban environment now. So when they moved into the cities, they did that all on their own. This is one big experiment that coyotes started. They didn't have any help from us. In fact, cities did everything they could to get rid of them when they first started popping up. In fact, in our research, we we were asked to do this work only after animal control in some of the cities were unable to, to get rid of them. It's like, well, what, what are we going to do with these? Like, what are we supposed to tell people? And so that's when they needed a, more information about what is the proper response. Getting rid of coyotes just to get rid of them has never worked. In fact, we've tried to get rid of coyotes out west for almost 200 years, and all they did was increase their numbers and basically take over the continent. The simple answer many people will have to addressing this canid's population is to just kill them. In fact, Michigan has a year-round open season on coyote hunting. But Dr. Labonte says that killing coyotes won't rid the cities of them. There is nothing that's going to keep them out. That's their home and that's their territory. And one thing, as uh, we as wildlife rehabilitators, we try not to relocate healthy animals. And there's statistics that show that if you shoot coyotes and kill them, it only brings more coyotes into that territory because they're territorial. And you have an alpha male and an alpha female and somebody will move in and take over. So you're not solving the problem. You actually make the problem worse by shooting the coyotes and killing them. Having coyotes patrolling neighborhoods can actually be pretty helpful, too. As predators, they target other animals that can be dangerous or cause damage to human property. Here's Dr. Garrett one last time. Yes, they absolutely help control rodent populations, which is really important because rodents are probably the biggest vector for important diseases that are spread to people. They help to control rabbits. It would seem to be kind of an innocuous, gentle animal, but they do cause damage to people's ornamentals. And then we've found also that they do help to control Canada yeast, which now has become non-migratory in cities. They also, importantly, help to control white-tailed deer populations through their fawn predation during the spring. It's really important because white-tailed deer actually cause the most injuries and death among people as far as wildlife is concerned through their collisions with cars. Our newest neighbors aren't likely to go away. As urban sprawl expands and they have less territory to contend with, they'll dive further into our cities. So if you see one, don't panic. They're more scared of you than you are of them. Thanks to doctors Kelly Labonte and Stanley Garrett for lending their knowledge to this episode. As always, this episode wouldn't be possible without WWJ's digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Make sure you don't miss out on new episodes of The Daily J by subscribing using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.